versus Cardo. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 19 of the Nigeria Football Weekly with me, your host, Oluoke, also known on Twitter as Vice Patron. Vibes Patron, P-A-T-R-O-N. Follow me if you like. It's been another eventful week for the Nigerian footballers all over Europe, as well as on the continent of Africa. Um, so there's a lot to get into. So without any further ado, let me get into it. So starting with our boys, Kelechi Anacho and Wilfred Ndidi at Leicester. They have now won the FA Cup for the first time in Leicester City's history. They beat Chelsea 1-0 on the final last week, Saturday. Courtesy of Yuri Tillemans won the strike. Kelechi Anacho and Wilfred Ndidi both started a game and both, you could pretty much call them Leicester legends considering it's the first FA Cup they've won in their club's history. They've done the nation so proud. I mean, you've seen the pictures everywhere as well as all the images and videos. So um, everyone knows how good it was. Um, none of them scored, which is unfortunate, but it was a classic cup tie victory in terms of 1-0, great FA Cup final strike. And I just love seeing all the pictures, especially with Kelechi having his Nigeria flag. It's always pr a moment of, pri of pride and great to see someone, you know, just represent for the culture. You know, it's always a great occasion and great thing to see. So I love that personally. So congratulations to Kelechi and Wilfred and Didi. Unfortunately, though, they did follow up the FA Cup win by playing the same opponents, Chelsea, on Tuesday night in the race for the top four uh, of the Premier League. So in this top four race, it's been quite eventful because Leicester have been in the top four all season, literally. And <laughs> a loss would have taken them out of the top four. And they did indeed lose the game 2-1. Uh, Chelsea got goals courtesy of Rudiger as well as Jorginho penalty. Um, Kelechi Anacho did not start the game, which I'm not sure why Brendan Rodgers would do that. Um, considering how well Kelechi Anacho has been scoring, literally right up until the end of the season, what did he do? He brought Kelechi on in the last 25 minutes and Kelechi scored in the 74th minute, I believe. Uh, I mean, 76th minute, courtesy of an Ndidi assist as well. So proper Nigeria connection right there. But it was too little, too late. So what this means now is Leicester are one point behind Liverpool. I mean, one point behind Chelsea and level on points with Liverpool. But they have a vastly superior goal difference. So therefore, they're minus four in terms of their goal difference compared to Liverpool. Liverpool are on plus 24 and Leicester are on plus 20. Going into the final fixtures for the Premier League this weekend, this means that um, Leicester will have to beat Tottenham at the King Power Stadium and hope that they could better Liverpool or Chelsea's result. To be fair, all hope is not lost. It would just be painful for them to miss out on the Champions League on the final hurdle for the second season in a row. If you remember last season, they lost to Manchester United on the final game of the season, courtesy of Lingard scoring, um, which meant that they didn't get into the top four. So that would just be a bit of a bitter pill to swallow, irrespective of what they say about how great it is for the FA Cup final. From a selfish perspective, I want the Super Eagles players in the Champions League. The more we could get in the Champions League, the merrier. And if we could get Kelechi and Didi and Osima in the Champions League, those are pretty much three of our best players. That is always a good sign. So hopefully they could do the job tomorrow. 
All the Premier League fixtures will be played tomorrow at three o'clock, or is it four o'clock? But anyway, we played at the same time because the last game of the season. So I, I'll I'll back Kelechi to score. To be fair, like Tottenham don't really have much to play for, or they don't really want to play for a UEFA Conference League spot. So you'd expect that to go in Leicester's favour. On the other hand, um, Liverpool are playing Crystal Palace at home, so you'd expect them to win. Although they've had problems at home all season, but they'll have their fans back. So. We know what Liverpool's like with fans, so I'm pretty much expecting Liverpool to do it. Chelsea, on the other hand, go away to Aston Villa. It's Jack Grealish's and only Watkins' last pretty much audition to show Gareth Southgate that everything's all good ahead of the Euros. Um, so I'm expecting Aston Villa to put on quite the show, to be honest. And if I was a betting man, I don't think Chelsea would win the game. Sorry, Chelsea fans, if, if any of you are listening to this. That's just my opinion. But let's see. If Chelsea win 1-0, they will qualify and that'll be the end of that. And live and Leicester will go into the Europa League spots. But we'll see. There's a lot to be played tomorrow. So that's the state of play ahead of the final round of games for the top four race. Hopefully our Nigerian boys could do the business. Moving on to Alex Iwobi at Everton. Congratulations on him signing a new deal with Puma. So he's officially a brand ambassador for Puma. And I hope that this leads to bigger and better things. Iwobi is a very curious case for me. He's one of those players who his reputation for the national team is far bigger than his reputation in England as well as in the Premier League at the moment. Yes, we respected what he did for Arsenal, but it's just not happened for Iwobi. In fact, it's got to the point where their last two games... They disgracefully lost to Sheffield United 1-0 on Sunday night. And then they played at home with the fans back on Wednesday and beat Wolverhampton 1-0, courtesy of a Richarlison header. But more damningly, Iwobi did not play any minutes. He was left on the bench for both games. So it's very, very clear he's not in Ancelotti's starting eleven. Yes, he's played a few games here and there. I think he scored one or two goals. In terms of his output, it's just not happening. So it's good to see what he's doing on the commercial side of things with you know, signing to Puma. To be honest, the drip looks ridiculous, especially the tracksuits. So hopefully we can see them tap into his Nigeria side because if I'm Iwobi, that is what is going to keep me as a legend when my career is over. No one's really going to remember anything he's done in club football so far. But he qualified Nigeria for the 2018 World Cup. He scored a winning goal against Cameroon for us. He scored our goal against England in the friendly match in 2018. So he always has big moments for the Super Eagles. Even in the embarrassing game where we drew with Sierra Leone 4-4. He did score two goals, great goals. So if I'm Iwobi, I'm speaking to Puma and I'm saying, look, there's 200 million people in Nigeria. How do we harness Puma's love and get people to tap into Nigeria and elements of Nigeria with that? And yeah, it's a big summer for him. We'll see what happens. I don't know if Everton are planning to offload him or anything like that, um, but Iwobi needs to be playing more minutes. It's as simple as that. Um, we know we have the friendly against Cameroon. Um, early in June, so the week after the season ends. Um, so I'm, I'm, if I was a better man, I'd expect us to see Wobi play quite well in that, those games because, you know, when he wears those Super Eagles jerseys, something just comes alive and it will be. But anyway, to end the season, Everton are playing Manchester City on Sunday, so that's going to be a tough one. They could still make Europa League if with the massive goal difference swing on West Ham, but it's not going to happen. Um, they're probably going to finish 7th, 8th or ninth. Um rotating with Arsenal and Tottenham. I'm just not sure who would finish where. But that's the state of play for Everton and Iwobi. Moving on to Ola Aino and Josh Maja. Ola Aino and Josh Maja, their relegation has already been confirmed, as we knew, mentioned on the last podcast. Since then, they lost 3-1 Southampton away last week, Saturday. And then on Tuesday, they actually got a credible 1-1 draw against Manchester United, um, which is interesting to start to see. Ola Aino started the Southampton game. 
um, and he was on the bench for the United game. And Josh Maja start came on for 20 minutes against Southampton and did not play at Old Trafford at all. It makes sense because both of them are on loan. So maybe it's just a case of um, Scott Parker trying to prioritise players who are going to actually have to help Fulham get promoted next season. So I'm not too concerned about that. We'll see what happens with their respective careers once they go back to their teams. Torino are in no relegation situation, but I'm sure they'll love to offload Ola Aino. I think he's done enough to impress in the Prem, but I just don't know if he's defensively solid enough for one of the maybe promoted teams to take a punt on him. Josh Maja, it's been a shocker since he scored those two goals. It just hasn't worked out for him. And it makes me so mad at that his VAR goal that was cancelled against Tottenham because I think he could have pushed on. Anyway, he's very, very far from getting selected for the national team at this current situation. So we just wish them well. Semi Ajayi at West Brom, they're already relegated, as you know. So their season's just pelching out. Ajayi continues to play games, which is good to see. Um, they were unlucky to lose to a last-minute Allison Wonder goal on Sunday. Um, I'm sure everyone heard about that all around the world because it was truly incredible. It was a great header, man. He glossed that thing right into the to the right-hand corner of the net. It was just fantastic. And then on Wednesday, they got comprehensively beaten 3-0 by West Ham at home. So West Brom are just... To be honest, they suck, man. They just need to go back to the championship and reconsider what they're doing. I don't think they should have ever sacked Slavin Bilic because it never really looked like, what's his name? Sam Allardyce really cared for West Brom, if I'm being honest. So that's just how it goes, guys. And that's what I've noticed. So anyone could correct me if they think that that's false, but that's what I think. I'd expect Simi Ajayi to go back to the championship and play with them, to be honest. I don't think he's done enough to impress any of the big teams necessarily. We know he's great in the air, but I could see him focusing on another promotion push next year and doing dominating the championship like Ekong's done. However, you never know. I think it's a bit more difficult because he doesn't even start for the Super Eagles, which is a bit annoying for him. But, you know, you can't really complain with Leon Balogun or Ekong Stein ahead of him considering the seasons they've had. In terms of other Premier League fixtures, um, over the weekend, Newcastle lost to Man City 4-3. We covered that. Leeds United beat Burnley 4-0 on Saturday. Southampton beat Fulham 3-1, as we already mentioned. Brighton and West Ham played a 1-1 draw. On Sunday, Crystal Palace beat Aston Villa 3-2. That was a good win for them. Tottenham beat Wolverhampton 2-0. That was a good win for them as well. We've already spoken about the Allison won the goal against West Brom 2-1. And Everton losing shockingly at home to Sheffield United. Over the week, over the weekdays, we had another round of games on Tuesday and Wednesday. So all the game week 37 games. So on Tuesday, we saw Man United draw with Fulham, as I mentioned. Leeds United beat Southampton 2-0, so they're having a very, very strong end to the season. Um, I expect Bielsa's boys to be even more dangerous next season, to be honest. Um, and then Brighton beat Man City 3-2 after coming down from a 1-0 lead, I believe. Um, great goals by Trossard there as well as Foden. Um, so watch the highlights on that one if you can. Obviously, I mentioned the fact that Chelsea beat Leicester 2-1, um, which has put them in the driving seat for the Champions League places. And they also have another chance in the Champions League final next week if they could beat if they don't get the Champions League tomorrow. And then on Wednesday, Everton beat Wolverhampton 1-0, courtesy of Richarlison, as I mentioned. Joe Willock scored for his sixth game in a row as Newcastle beat Sheffield United 1-0 back at home. All the Newcastle fans love Joe Willock, man. They can't, they, they hope he stays, but as a greedy Arsenal fan, to be honest, I hope we keep him. Like, he has qualities we have. We don't have any other player who has. So I don't see why we'll give him away, considering we're about to finish 7th, 8th or ninth. So keep Joe Willock. We go again next season. Aston Villa beat Tottenham at, um, at Tottenham's home, which was great to see. 
Uh, I believe Oli Watkins got a goal in that one as well, which is good to see for my fancy prem. Arsenal beat Crystal Palace. As you can see with my Arsenal kit, I'm a Pepe fanboy. Pepe scored two great goals, so I was buzzing. I was excited. And Liverpool beat Burnley 3-0 to do their, I mean, pretty much consolidate their top four place as long as they can beat Crystal Palace tomorrow on Sunday. And then finally, West Ham beat um, West Bromwich 3-1 away. Premier League games tomorrow. Everybody's playing at 4 p.m. no matter what. Aston Villa play Chelsea at Villa Park. Liverpool play Crystal Palace at Anfield. Fulham play Newcastle um, at home uh, at the Cottage. Uh, Manchester City play Everton at City of Manchester Stadium. So they're also going to lift the title, which would be nice for them. Third title in four years and third title in five seasons under Pep Guardiola. You can't really argue with that ratio. If they sign Harry Kane by any reason, for any reason, uh, the Prem is in trouble. Like, honestly, I hope that never happens. Leeds United will play West Brom. Um, I'm going big on Leeds players for my FPL. Leicester play Tottenham. We wish our boys Yana Cho and Ndidi all the best. Sheffield United play Burnley at home. West Ham play Southampton at home. Wolverhampton play Manchester United at home. That's pretty much a dead rubber. Man United will probably have one eye on the Europa League final on Wednesday where they play Samuel Chukwese's Villarreal. I've got some positive updates on Chukwese when I get to La Liga as well. And finally, Arsenal will play Brighton. So hopefully we can see some more of the Pepe show. In terms of the league table, apart from the top four race, there's literally nothing to play for. And Europa League places are three relegated teams already confirmed. Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield. Nobody's at risk of getting relegated. Manchester City have won the title. Manchester United have definitely finished second, no matter what. So it's pretty much just the top four race between Liverpool, Leicester and West Ham that we have to look forward to. Yes, West Ham could still bottle Europa League if they lose and Tottenham win. But it looks very likely that West Ham will do the business. And one of Tottenham, Everton or Arsenal will be in the UEFA Conference League. So that's going to be the race for the one position nobody wants. But to be honest, I just want Arsenal to finish as high as possible. We take it from there. So that's it in terms of the Premier League roundup. After that, I'll just touch on the Championship and all the other leagues. Moving swiftly on to the Championship, just quickly touch on what's happened in that league. So the season's done, as you know. However, in the playoff, uh, in the playoffs, Bournemouth won the first leg over Brentford 1-0. And the second leg just got played earlier today with Brentford winning 3-1. So Brentford are into the playoff final, which I believe will be played over the weekend. In the second game, Swansea currently have a 1-0 lead over Barnsley. They beat Barnsley um, away on Monday. And the second leg will kick off in about 30 minutes. My money's on Swansea. However, in case you just want to know about Nigerians, there is a player called Daryl DK who plays for the U.S. men's national team. But obviously, DK is an Igbo man. I know his... I believe his sister has played for the Super Falcons before. So if you just want to, you know, wish them well, you could wish Barnsley well, but he plays for the USA, so I don't really care. I hope Swansea win the game, but that's just a little nugget for everyone. Moving on to Serie R, we've got big, big day for Osime tomorrow. So Victor Osime and Napoli beat Fiorentina 2-0 on Sunday. So they now pretty much have their destiny in their hands for the Champions League spots. So they're currently fourth, one point ahead of Juventus, and they play Verona at home tomorrow. Um, so they've got their destiny in their hands. One thing about Verona, though, they're a bit of a giant killer in Serie A, so they tend to do well against the big teams. But Napoli have been on a great, great run of form. I think they've won about six or seven of their last eight or nine games. And Osime, we know, is now into double figures in terms of Serie A goals. So we just need this one final push from the boys, and Napoli will be in the Champions League, and we'll get to see Victor Osime back in the Champions League. 
We know he played in the Champions League in his debut season at Lille. He also scored one or two goals. I remember he scored against Chelsea. So we need Osime back in the Champions League. And it looks very, very likely. And just a word in case, guys, you guys don't know. Juventus are currently fifth. So there's a chance they might not make the Champions League. However, they're kind of lucky because AC Milan are playing Atalanta. So I think AC Milan are most likely to miss out on the Champions League um, because Atalanta have already finished second. Um, they qualify for the Champions League. Everything's all nice and dandy. So watch out for that one. One of Milan, Napoli or Juve will miss out on the Champions League. And I really, really hope it's not our boy in Napoli. Simino Aku, on the other hand, he finally got his 20th goal of the season. So 20 Serie A goals. What an achievement, guys. That is unbelievable. And he got it with the last-minute equaliser on Sunday against Benevento. I mean, that's just incredible. We know Cotone already relegated, but he's not going back with them to Serie B. You don't score 20 goals in Serie A, even if they say six or seven were penalties. You don't score 20 Serie A goals and go play Serie B, I'm sorry. So I'm sure one of the Serie A teams is going to snap him up because I know his reputation is not that big outside Serie A. Um, he rounds up the season with Fiorentina at home on Sunday, so hopefully he could score another goal. I also know he's been nominated for Serie A forward of the year. Um, so let's see what happens in that one. Obviously, we're expecting to lose out to Lukaku or Ronaldo, considering Ronaldo's top goal scorer and Lukaku's Inter Milan have actually won the league. But what an impressive achievement playing for the worst team in the division. So shout out to you, Simi. And moving on to La Liga, Samo Chukwueze. I've got good news for Samo Chukwueze. He is back in training. Villarreal posted pictures of him in training. So it looks like it's touch and go for the Europa League final. He's not played since he got injured at the Emirates. Um, at the moment, Villarreal lost, beat Sevilla 4-0 last week. They can only finish seventh, so they can't get into Europe through La Liga. However, they're currently beating Real Madrid 1-0. Um, as you guys know, Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid are in a two-horse race to win La Liga. Um, Atletico Madrid are one point above Real Madrid. And at the moment, both of those teams are losing. It's half time. Real Madrid are losing 1-0 to Villarreal. And Atletico Madrid are losing 1-0 away to Real Valladolid. Um, by the time the podcast is over, the game will still be going. So I'll update you next week. Um, but it's not looking good for Real Madrid. And Atletico Madrid will still win, even though they're losing. Um, so let's see if Chukwueze can make an appearance on Wednesday against Manchester United. That'll be a big game, big for his reputation, just big for pushing out Nigerian football. And the fact that we've got great news with Osime, um, Ndidi and Kelechi winning the FA Cup, and also, I'll touch on the good news from Oshola. I have a feeling we've got good omens in play. Sorry, Manchester United fans. You know me. I'm an Arsenal fan. I don't like any other English team. So I just wish Super Eagles play as well. So hopefully we can see Chukwueze making a pair in Gdansk in the final. And also, if they win the trophy, they'll qualify for the Champions League. So it'd be nice to see Chukwueze in the Champions League. I mean, if you've got Chukwueze, Osime, Ndidi, Yanacho, and Zedu Sanusi, who's always in the Champions League, that's five of us fine already. So that's just great omens, guys. So we wish Chukwueze all the best. Speaking of Aziza Oshola and FC Barcelona women's, they have won the Champions League, guys. Yes, they absolutely thrashed Chelsea on Sunday night, 4-0. To be fair, Oshola scored a goal. It was the fifth goal, but she was just marginally offside. So that was a bit annoying for me. Um, but they absolutely thrashed Chelsea. They're the best women's team I've ever seen in my life, at least in terms of club teams, because I know the US women's team are quite serious. But honestly, they are so spectacular. They followed that up by beating Athletic Bilbao 8-0 on Wednesday. 8-0. 8-0. 
And earlier today, they also beat Espanyol, who are their Barcelona rivals, 3-2. So this means that they've now won 28 games from 28 all season. We know they've already won the league anyway. But on Wednesday, they've got the Copa del Rey semifinal against Madrid CFF. So they've got the chance to do the treble. And to be honest, if you watch the way they beat Chelsea, nobody's going to stop them. They are going to win the treble. Oshuela at the moment is not a starter for them, which is annoying. She started the season as a starter. But because of Leica Martins, Jenny Hermoso, and I've got the other player, she's been coming off the bench, especially after she got an injury. Um, I thought she was on course to even maybe win the Ballon d'Or, but maybe that's a bit wishful thinking. But she's still got over 20 goals for the season. And um, once their season is done, we know that they've got the U.S. Summer Series where they play against USA, Jamaica, and I believe the last team was Portugal. So it's looking good for Shola. I would just love to see the NFF do some more for the women's national team. Like, you know, they didn't even post that they were playing three games until this week. A good week after the announcements were made last week. It's not good enough. Why can nobody get an Oshuala jersey with the Nigeria, a Nigeria jersey with Oshuala on the back? Why don't, you know, the NFF negotiate deals with Nike where people in Nigeria could get the kits? It's all well and good me wearing the Nigeria kit from England or whatever, but people in Nigeria need to have access to their heroes. And when Iana Cho and Ndidi won the FA Cup, imagine if they could tweet, get your Ndidi jersey number four, get your Iana Cho number 14 jersey. It's not rocket science. Benzema got recalled to the French national team this week, and we heard that there was a 2,400% increase in sales of the French national team jerseys. That is the power of soft power in football. And I don't know, every time I lament, it's like people think maybe I'm just trying to shit on the NFF, but I'm not. It's just we could do better. We have all the credentials. Look at how well our players are doing. So, yeah, hopefully we see some change. But shout out to Aziza Oshola. She's literally a one woman machine for, you know, Nigerian football. We also know that Francisca Odega is now playing for Levante in La Liga. And we got Rashidat Ajibade at Let's Go Madrid. So it's looking good, but I'd just like to see some more done to help them. Come on, guys. Help the women's team. Let's let's flourish. Every single time our, our women's team dominate Africa, then go to the World Cup and it's just piss poor. But at least, hopefully, with these friendlies being arranged, I'd like to see them get their social media in order. Super Falcons' account is not even verified. Come on. Sort it out, guys. But yeah, we wish them well and let's see how that goes. Then moving on to the Spanish Segunda, Omar Sadiq and his team are now currently fourth. Um, over the weekend, they drew 1-1 at home to Albacete and then they lost 3-2 to Cartagena on Tuesday. Sadiq, Omar Sadiq did score his 19th league goal of season, so we wish him well. Although, please guys, remember this is the Spanish second division. I hear people sometimes say, oh my God, look how well he's doing. We think he's the best. You can't compare what he's doing to people who are scoring in the Premier League, Serie A, La Liga, even the Belgian Premiership is of a higher quality than the Spanish Segunda. Genk is literally where De Bruyne came from. So many players that we all worship now all came from Genk or Anderlecht or Club Bruges. So yeah, just to mention that one. But anyway, they're still on track to get into the playoffs for the Spanish Segunda. Um, they play Logrons on Monday. Um, they're level on points with Leganes and Girona. Um, so their third, fourth, and fifth all have the same amount of points. So they're probably all just going to get into the playoffs and we'll see where they take it from there. They still have two more games to play. Um, so let's see where they end up at the end of the season. Speaking of Kenneth Romero, Leganes are now third. So they beat Logrones, who Omar Sadiq's team will face on Monday, 3-0 last week, Sunday. However, they did draw to a team called Mirandes on Wednesday, 0-0. Um, Kenneth Romero did get injured against Mirandes. So it looks like he's going to miss... Um, the final run-in for the end of the season. But they play Malaga to end 
the season. And then finally, um, just to end in Spanish Segunda, we've also got Kelechi Noakali. Kelechi Noakali and his club Alcayon are now safe um, from relegation, which is positive. I know, safe from relegation for the Spanish Segunda. However, he did play games, so he continues to play games. So that's good to see. He played 90 minutes on Saturday as they drew near nil to Las Palmas. Um, and now at the moment, they're four points away from the relegation zone. So, I'm sorry, Las Palmas was the week before. They lost 2-0 to Mallorca on Sunday. However, on Wednesday, they did beat a team called Sabadell 2-0. So that's what's put them in good stead. And they're now four points away from relegation zone. They do play Girona away, so they'll most likely lose that game. But it's still good to see the positives coming in terms of their performances. Moving on to League 1, my boy Terramofi and Lorient. They're currently safe from relegation. They won 2-1 at home against Mets on Sunday, which was crucial. They remain one point off the relegation zone. Um, they maintain a lead of one point over Nantes and Moses Simon. Um, so just know. At the moment, there's six teams separated by just one point heading into the last day, which is tomorrow. So it's safe to say the relegation battle in League 1 is far more entertaining. We're still hoping that Murphy could get goal number 15. Um, however, it's a tough fixture against Strasbourg away. Um, but I will expect Lorient to starve off relegation. Whatever happens, though, I can't see Mofi staying at Lorient. If you score 14 goals in Ligue 1 and you started scoring in December, one of the big boys is going to pick you up, especially with the financial situation in France. Or let's see what his exceptional management sort out for him in terms of the summer. Mofi's been called up for the national team, so I expect him to make his debut on the game against Cameroon. So it's all going well for him, and hopefully he could just do the one final push to save them from getting relegated. Moving on to Moses Simon and Nantes. They did beat the worst team in Ligue 1, Dijon, 4-0 away on Sunday. As I mentioned, Dijon are by far the worst team in Ligue 1. Interestingly enough, though, Nantes have now won four straight games. So they gave themselves a fighting chance, but it's a bit, a little too, a little too, too little too late, so to speak. Um, they're one point um, below Lorient. Um, but with all the other teams jostling for positions, if they're able to win their last game at home against Montpellier tomorrow, they will be able to stay stay off relegation. Also, Moses Simon got another assist as well. So it this, um, he's got assists in all their last three games. So he's definitely playing a big, big part. Um, but it's just a techie one because of how late they've left it. Moving on to Simon Kalu. Um, they did somehow beat Lens, high-flying Lens 3-0. Um, but Samuel Kalu did get injured again. Um, annoyingly, it looks like he needs some help because fitness-wise, not been a great year for him. At the moment, they're two points clear of safety, um, but they play a club called Rim away in their last game. So it's all to play for, but Sam, um, Samuel Kalu will not play that game because he's injured. Moving on to the Bundesliga. To be honest, Bundesliga and um, Nigerian players has just not been a great year. When you look at Cologne, they barely play Emmanuel Dennis. In fact, Emmanuel Dennis has not even featured in their squads to end the season. So I don't know if he's just being prepped to go back on Lord's Club Bruges, where he obviously fell out with the team because of not being able to sit on his right position on the bus. So safe to say he's made a few own goals and hopefully he can rectify it himself because no one else did these things for him. They played their last game of the season and beat Schalke 1-0. So this means that they've avoided relegation, but they'll have to play in a relegation playoff against the third best team from the German second division. Um, Aroko Dari was on the bench as well. Isibwe was on the bench as well. So not much to write home about, to be fair, in terms of what they do. But Emmanuel Dennis needs to really sit down over the summer and think about his life and his career because it's he's at a big crossroads. Moving on to Kevin Akboguma. Akboguma did not play today as for the final game of the season for Hoffenheim. Um, they beat 
Hertha Berlin 2-1. Last week, they drew one with Armenia Bielefeld, um, but Akboguma just has injury issues. Let's see if that affects his call-up to the national team. And then finally, Taiwa Awoni signed off for Union Berlin. Well, last week, they drew 1-1 away to Leverkusen, and that was his first appearance since February. Um, and in 12 games, he played 36 minutes. He also signed off on his loan today by playing the final 32 minutes for Union Berlin at home against Leipzig. They beat Leipzig 2-1. So nice for him to just end it in a nice way. Um, Union Berlin did finish seventh in the Bundesliga, which is very respectable. We know he now has his work permit to play in England. We know he's a Liverpool player. So let's see what Jurgen Klopp has for him. It's a bit wishful thinking to expect someone who only scored five goals to come and become the backup to Firmino um, and Origi. Um, but you never know. Let's see what happens. So watch this space. I'll try and run through the final leagues uh, when I get back. You are now listening to the Nigeria Football Weekly Podcast. Moving swiftly on to the non-top five leagues in Europe, starting with the Premier League as usual. Zedu Sanusi's season is over. Um, so Porto finished second after beating Rio Ave uh, on Saturday. Um, and then also on Wednesday, they beat Belenenses 4-0 to end their season. Sadducee was rested for both games. So congratulations to him. It's been a great first year at Porto. Established himself as a left-back. Played exceptionally well in the Champions League. He's also cemented a left-back place in the Super Eagles national team for himself. So all around has been a brilliant season for Zedu Sadducee. In fact, I think he, he has to be one of our most consistent players of the year when you just look at their impact for their team and how well they've done so congratulations to Zedu. Um, speaking of Mikelagu, his season is over as well he hasn't played since April they ended their season with a 3-1 home loss to Benfica and they finally finished sixth Chido Zeawaziam has now been bought permanently by Boavista for five million euros from Porto so they had a buy option and they decided to take up the option so it ends Awaziem's misery of being on loan for like the past six, seven years since he got signed by Porto. He's also Boavista's captain, interestingly enough. So we wish him well and hopefully they can push on because with all due respect, a team finishing 15th in the Portuguese league, none of their players should be in the national team. But I know Awaziem's got vibes. Everyone's always calling him Awi. But when you look at the players and positioning, he should not be in the national team right now. But anyway, wish him well. They ended their season with a 2-1 win against Gio Vicente. Actually, they didn't finish 15th. They ended up finishing 13th. That's how close it was. But still, it's an 18-team league, so it's not exactly an amazing thing to shout about. It's even 18 or 16-team league even. I'm not sure. But anyway, that's it for our Portuguese contingent. And then in the Dutch Eredivisie, Tarnabue's season is over as well. He ended it with a 3-2 home win on Sunday against Ado Den Haag, uh, which was nice to see. He's also had a very solid season. And he'll go back to Benfica, who actually signed him. Let's see if they give him a chance next season or if it's another one of those cases where he'll just move to 20 to another club permanently. I think he's impressed enough to definitely show that he's definitely fully recovered from his long-term knee injury. And Tarnibue is still very young that he could literally even hold down the right-back spot. Because to be fair, when he considers performances to Ola, I know. You have to say right now, over the last two, three months, Tarnibue should be starting for the Super Eagles. And he was also very impressive in our last game against Lesotho. So well done, Ibuehi. Maruka Okoye. Maruka Okoye has had a brilliant, brilliant first season in um, the Dutch Eredivisie. Um, they beat Hemerven 2-1 to finish the league. They finally finished eighth 
and they were actually involved in a playoff for a Europa League spot. Um, so that's one thing to notice um, with him. So we wish Madagascar the best. They did lose the final 2-0, which is no shame, as you know. Um, so his season is now over. But he was also nominated to be one of their players of the season, which I thought was a really good achievement. So well done to Maruka Okoye, the Super Eagles number one goalkeeper. Moving swiftly on to the Russian Premier League, and just to touch on Chidera Ejuke. Chidera Ejuke, we know he's no longer in the Nigeria squad since he got caught up last year. However, he's ended the season quite well, guys. So their last game of the season was on Sunday, and they lost 3-2 to Dynamo Moscow away. However, Ejuke scored for the second um, game in a row. Um, so it's been a disappointing year for CSK. They finished sixth. This is a league where they'll usually expect to finish in the top two. Um, so there's no way you can slice that bread to make it sound positive, you know. Um, however, um, he did end the last five games of the season, and he scored three goals. He scored three goals in. He scored three goals in the last five games he played. Um, so hopefully, he could be more prominent next season. Um, however, when you look at his decision making overall, the Russian league has a lower coefficient than the Dutch Eredivisie. So he went from playing for Herenveen, where you have more scouts looking at you, to go to the Russian league. Obviously, I'm sure he made some more money. Um, but in terms of coefficient, the Dutch Eredivisie is higher than the Russian League. So I'm not so sure about that one, especially considering CSK Moscow finished sixth. So let's see what happens. But you could say that it's one of those 50-50 ones. You can't really say it was a great decision or it was a bad decision. But it all depends on how next year goes for him, to be honest. That, that's what I'd say. And then moving on to the Belgian League, obviously, Paulo Nwachu, our star boy. I'll also touch on fellow Super Eagles, Cyril Dezos. Paulo Nwachu now has got 33 league goals for the season. I mean... He has to be Belgian Player of the Year in terms of their league. He's just been phenomenal. Gang beat Anderlecht 2-1 away on Saturday. Um, actually, Cyril Deza scored the winner. So that's why I wanted to mention that. Cyril Deza scored the winner on Saturday after coming on to replace Onuachu. And then on Thursday, they beat Royal Antwerp 4-0 with Cyril Deza scoring again. Um, so he scored for the second straight game in a row. We know he's a Gang fan by nature of birth. So he was born and raised in Belgium um, to a Nigerian parent. Um, and he's always identified with Genk. Um, so it's really, really good for him to be able to play for his team and finally score goals. I know they're ending their season on Sunday away to Club Bruges. Um, so they could still win the league, although I think Club Bruges have won the league. So I'm not 100% sure. However, a win will guarantee them a Champions League spot. So maybe Polo Nwachu and Dizas might not go just yet. Maybe they might stick around for next year, give the Champions League a nice big push, get their names out there. You know, we know AFCON's coming. Um, so that's always an incentive. Um, but it's been a brilliant, brilliant season for our boys in Belgium. I can't even imagine how much they must love Paulo Noachu in Belgium. Like any man that scores take three league goals, they must bow down to that man. I'm sorry. So shout out to Paulo Noachu for everything he's done for the national team and for himself and for really changing the course of his career with this season. Moving on to the Scottish Premiership. That's now over. To round off the season, Jaribo and Leon Balogun's Rangers beat Aberdeen 4-0 on Sunday. So they ran off the league in style. Jaribo did play as a left back again. Um, and also, more importantly, Rangers ended the season invincibles. So they did not lose a single game. And they only conceded 10 goals in all the games they played. Um, so, I mean, that's quite impressive by any any metric and any way you want to stretch it. So shout out to Jaribo and Joe Balogu for also winning the Scottish title or the Scottish Premiership, as it's called. Onyekuro and Atebo Galatasaray, bitterly, bitterly disappointing. Um, they lost the league title on goal difference. 
So it was the last round of games in the Turkish league on Sunday. They won their game 3-1 at home to Yeni Malatyaspor, but Besiktas won 2-1 away to Gotsepe, which meant that Besiktas won on goal difference by one point. However, on head-to-head, Besiktas also edged them anyway. So it was always going to be a tricky one, but that's a bit of pill to swallow when you're so close. In addition, Besiktas have done the Turkish League and Cup double. So on Tuesday, Besiktas won the Turkish Cup as well. So, I mean, our rivals are just going to be upset. One thing to note, though, none of our Nigerian players played the last game of the season for Galatasaray, so I'm not sure what's happening with that one. We know Yeku's on loan, so he's going to go back to Monaco, and let's see what happens to him. We know that Robert Kovac does not like him, so he's definitely not going to stay for Monaco, especially considering how well their season has ended. They could still end up in a Champions League spot at Lyon's expense, depending on how tomorrow's games go. So let's see what happens to Yekuru. Etebo is also on loan at Stoke, from Stoke, but I'd expect Galatasaray to make his signing permanent. But let's see. I just have no idea. Osai Samala and Fenerbahce, they will be so disappointed to finish the season third. Osai Samala and Mesut Ozil were signed in January and um, with the expectation of winning the league, which they were top at that time. But for them to win 2-1 on the last game of the season, but finish third, which means they miss out on Champions League qualification, is just so, so disappointing for them. And I can imagine that everyone on that part of Istanbul must just be fuming. These guys took on so much debt to sign Mesut Ozil, and he is just not delivered. Um, Osai Samo has been a bit bittersweet, but he'll have a full preseason and be able to go again. So let's see what happens to him. Um, to be honest, at his current level, I would like to say he's, he shouldn't be in the national team. But how can I defend that when you have Ahmed Musa being called up when he's not played any games apart from one for Kano Pillars? Anyway, just to round up with the other leagues in Europe, in the Tur- in the Danish league, Franco Iekas, FC Midtjylland have literally bottled it. They were cruising to the title, and on Sunday they lost two one three one to second place Bromby, which meant that they were then only a point ahead. But then on Sunday they then drew with Randers one one, and then on last week Wednesday they lost four two away to FC Copenhagen. We know Copenhagen have been in Champions League more recently than some of these other teams, apart from Michelin, who played in the Champions League this season. So now they're just one point behind Bronby, who will now win the league with just one more game. On Monday, Onyeka's team play a team called AGF at home, and Bronby also play at home to Nordland. So, I mean, if they don't win the title, they can only have themselves to blame. But Onyeka should have enough coefficient points to qualify for a GBE. So, in my opinion, I'd like to see him get out there. Move to the top five league and let's see what you could do. Also, congratulations to Peter Alainka. He's won the League and Cup double for Slavia Prague. They um, drew 1-1 at home over the weekend, but then they won the Czech Cup on Thursday. Um, so congratulations to him. They've still got two more league games to go. Um, so let's see how they get on with those games. In Cyprus, Abdullah Ashe is already on holiday. We know he won the league with FC Omonia. I'm not sure if he's even there permanently or if he would look at his situation in the summer. But Francis Zoho's team are now in a 14 playoff league to remain in the division. So on Thursday, they drew 0-0 with a team called Nia Salamis. And on Monday, they will play a team called Paralimni. I mean, with all due respect, like this just shows the death of talent in terms of goalkeepers when it comes to the Super Eagles. Like Maruka is the clear number one. Uh, I mean, if a guy playing in for one of the worst teams inside or, or worse teams in the Cypriot League is uh, undisputed number two. 
And that just explains how much we're suffering in that goalkeeping position. So I don't want to hear any more Marika slander ever. And then talking about the Nigeria Premier League, guys, you guys need to help me with this one, guys. Ayimba got battered by Pyramids of Egypt on Sunday, 4-1. If any of you could see the highlights, please go on CAF Online's Twitter page, CAF underscore online. The defending was shocking, man. It could make your eyeballs bleed. That's how bad it was. Ramadan Sobi, who used to play for Stoke City, plays for Pyramids. And you could just tell that the Egyptian league is just far more advanced in terms of the way they organize, the level of talent, the level of play, the way they perform in the CAF Champions League, as well as the CAF Confederations Cup. Mind you, Enimba are in the CAF Confederations Cup. So this is the second tier division, not even the first one like the Champions League. And they're getting battered 4-1 by the team that's not even the best in Egypt. But then I have people on... Twitter telling me that we should, we should just blindly support the MPFL. It's ridiculous, man. We have to demand better. Why is no Nigerian team in the CAF Champions League? Why is it that we're seeing teams from Tanzania and South Africa do far better than us? Yes, you could say they have to rely on their home talent. But more importantly, it's because they run their leagues with far more seriousness. Look at the quality level. I mean, you've got MPFL games being postponed left, right and center because... There's bad roads. They can't travel on time. You've got Ahmed Musa telling us he can't play away games. <laughs> I mean, this is just frankly ridiculous, guys. So we just need to want better from our leagues. I mean, you have people saying, oh, we must look at homegrown players. Ndidi, Kelechi, Osime, Chukwese, they're all homegrown players. They're homegrown. That's what a homegrown player is. But they have to play in the best leagues in the world in order to attract the talent. You don't see the Egyptian national team. You don't see Egypt fans complain about the Egyptian national team having players from the Egyptian league. Why? Because the Egyptian league is the best on the continent. Al-Ali literally are the best team on the, on, on the continent. They went to the um, um, Club World Cup and finished third. That's how good they are. We've even got a player in there, Junior Ajayi. We should be looking at Junior Ajayi before anyone like Iriala or Nobles mentioned. I'm sorry. This is just the honest truth. Until the NPFL could do better in the CAF Champions League, the CAF Confederations Cup, then we can revisit these conversations. But it's utterly ridiculous to just say that because people are playing the MPFL, we must respect them or that they must always be positions for three of those players. The Brazilian League is one of the most respected in the world, which is why whenever a player from Fluminense or Flamengo is in a team, no one's complaining. Flamengo literally won the Copa Libertadores. When last did a Nigerian team play in the CAF Champions League for fuck's sake? And then you have people out here with blind loyalty telling us to just push the league. It doesn't work like that. Where is the sponsorship? Where is we should want better for the league? To be honest, I'd love to have someone on for, who, who follows the league to come and talk because I find it ridiculous. We've got five strikers in Europe who've scored over 100 goals combined. And then you have someone telling you that you should look at players in the MPFL. Come on, mate. It's ridiculous. Speaking of Ahmed Musa, they announced that he signed for Cano Pillars months ago and he finally made his debut on Sunday. Look how long ago that was. Thankfully, it was a 1-0 win and he had managed to get an assist. But if you see the amount of media coverage about him getting the captain's armband, I don't know what's this obsession with him being Super Eagles captain. He shouldn't be in the national team right now. That's just the truth. He couldn't even secure a contract in Europe. And then he doesn't play away games. So that means he's played one game all year. And this is someone who's supposedly the captain of the national team. The Super Eagles of Nigeria. We're not the Squirrels of Benin. We're not the Gambia national team. No disrespect to those countries. The Super Eagles of Nigeria. Come off it, mate. But anyway, good to see him finally play. And hopefully he could build up on that one because, frankly, he needs to do it.
Starboy Eagle of the Week. I mean, I have to give it to Kelechi Anacho for Ndidi for winning the FA Cup. Very, very prestigious on this side of the shores. First FA Cup for Leicester City. Both of them were immense in the final. And Kelechi also scored again against Chelsea. So he is by far, apart from Harry Kane, the hottest striker in the Premier League right now. So shout out to you, Kelechi. And also Ashola for winning the um, Women's Champions League in Europe. UEFA Champions League, which is the same one we're obsessed with. So, yeah, shout out to them. In terms of news for the Eagles this week, Nigeria have announced a friendly match against Mexico. It's going to be played in LA, at the LA Coliseum on July 3rd. If anyone's listening to this from America, please do your best, see if you can make it. I know your country is a fucking continent, so it depends on where you're at. But that's quite amazing to see. I know the Mexicans are big and well-represented in LA, so it'll be nice to see the Nigeria team tap into some of that anointing we know there's the world cup in the u.s in 2026 as well so it's good for the super eagles start building a bit of a rapport there we know we tend to perform amazingly well in america anyway the best uh, the best experience of the nigerian national team winning the olympic gold was in atlanta so there must be something with america even the u.s 94 that was our first world cup so there must be something in the soil guys so all you nigerians out there please go support as usual we also heard the typical things we hear about the nigerian um, federation there's ongoing issues with payments of salaries to the coach and the bonuses of the players i really want to talk to someone about this because i know for a fact that the premier league and i mean the super eagles should be attractive to sponsors there's no reason why sponsors should not want to get behind the super eagles however we know the politics we know that probably if they try to sponsor and do things right some old guy at the top will ask them to siphon him hundred thousand dollars I don't know what it is, but we don't have enough sponsors backing the national team. And they keep speaking to Olu Ashino Keleji on animosity, um, with anonymous with anonymity to tell us that sponsors of the Super Eagles are suffering. Duh, everybody's suffering. Everyone's adapted. You can't tell me they're not big businesses in Nigeria. Your Coca-Colas, your MTNs, your Flutter Waves. Like, there must be business, even banks. First bank, you can't tell me you can't get banks to... You can't get corporations who could help sponsor the prom the most prominent brand in sports in the entire country. And the only thing that brings all Nigerians together. You have to treat the Nigerian national team like India treat their cricket team. No matter what's happening to India, the Indian cricket team are respected and always go and do damage wherever they go. It's like the West Indies cricket team. Why is the Nigerian national team not seen in that same vein or treated with that same respect? Why is it that the players, when they play matches, they still can't get their names on their kits? People don't see how these things affect the wider perception. If a casual person's watching Nigerian, they don't know that it's Wobi because they can't see Wobi on his shirt. How are they supposed to know? These things all matter, guys. So hopefully they could do better going forward. And then in terms of ones to watch this weekend, as I mentioned already, Kelechi and Acho are playing the biggest game um, in terms of qualifying for the Champions League tomorrow. So hopefully they could get the job done. Victor Osima as well. Napoli are on the cusp of um, qualifying for the Champions League, so we wish them well. Samo Chukweze, let's keep an eye out on the Europa League final on Wednesday, so let's see if he plays. Simino Anko has now got 20 goals, but let's see if he can sign off and start with a few more. Tara Mofi, Moses Simon, and Samo Kalu in Ligue 1 are all at risk of getting relegated, so let's see what happens with their teams there. Mofi has the chance to get his 15th goal of the season. So that would be amazing. And then also, in terms of the Nigerian Premier League, we've got the Pyramids of Egypt to play the second leg in Abba this weekend. Guys, you should see the you should see the images they posted of the from the Pyramids account on Twitter of their journey from Port Harcourt to Abba. 
those roads are a disgrace, guys. Like, honestly, like, I know it's easy for me to say here while I've lived here for ages, da 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 da. I know, but honestly, you should see that. That shit is embarrassing, man. And hopefully, something gets sorted out about it because it's not a good look. Also, we'll have one more episode next week to round up the final games that happen today, tomorrow, and on Monday, and the Europa League as well. We'll also do an end of season award. So, player of the season, midfielder of the season, revelation of the season. Goal of the season. Basically, interesting things just to give you an update on how our players have been performing all year. Please continue to subscribe and spread the word on the Nigeria Football Weekly. Um, this is the end of the episode 19 today. Um, thanks. Please follow us on our social media pages at NFWPOD on Twitter, at Nigeria Football Weekly on Instagram, or forward slash Nigeria Football Weekly on Facebook. I've been your host, Ole OK. You can also reach us by email at uh, NigeriaFootballWeekly at gmail.com in case you want us to cover any topics. With the season ending, I'll look to cover our friendly against Cameroon and maybe we could do some bespoke episodes about our previous performances as a national team here and there. Or if not, we'll just wait till we play Mexico in July. Thanks again. I appreciate every single listener. This has been episode 19 of the Nigeria Football Weekly. Peace out and goodbye.